Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Ramble by Energy Sport, the 42nd best FPL podcast in the land and the unofficial best student show. I am Jack Donnelly this week in this episode. I am back in the hosting chair after Graham Sinclair did a fantastic job filling in while I was working away back in the homeland. We only had uh, one near cancellation, <laughs> cancellation on that show, which to be honest is pretty good going uh, for us. If you're new to this show, we are here to bring you some insightful FPL tips for this weekend's batch of fixtures. And as always, our league is still joinable on the official Premier League website. We're trying to hit 50 members by the end of the season, but we've not had any since like game week four. So it's, it's becoming an increasingly distant goal. Uh, but if, if you do hear this, pass the league code along. Get your friends involved. Get us up to 50, 50 participants before the end of the season. The league code for you is DPPRDJ. Also, make sure it follows over on Twitter if you're not already. That's at Fantasy Ramble to see all of our host predictions for the full set of Premier League fixtures this weekend. Graham managed to get three uh, people together for his episode of the podcast. I've only managed to ra- wrangle up two, uh, but it's it's a consistent two from my last time on the show, as we've got Stu and Garvey and Jamie McIntosh back again. Are are we going to try and keep this one at least about an hour rather than breaking into anything further? Yep. Yes. One word answers. <laughs> One word answers only. <laughs> Move on. Trying to trying to be as um, <laughs> decisive with what we're saying as possible. I feel like this podcast could just end up a bit of a mess, to be honest, and I'm all right with that. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a Friday night. Uh, there's no Friday games this week, and I'm off my work. Or, well, I'm back from my work. Uh, so we've got the rest of the night to kind of deal with whatever happens as a result of this podcast, I suppose. Take a, I'll, I'll I'll keep what Graham did. He kind of had a wee look back at our um our fantasy league for for the weekend, which I feel I feel like this is something we probably should do, considering we're a fantasy football show. Is maybe look back at the league and see where everyone's sitting. Mm. I dropped back down into thirty fifth out of forty one. <laughs> Can't lie, boys. Uh, it's not it's not been great for me. Uh, thirty nine points when the average was forty two. But I'm I'm looking at the leagues and. Uh, Mr. Garvey dropped as well. What what happened to you this week, mate? I get more I ha- points. I have you. I have not had a good fantasy week in about three or four leagues. In in the other leagues I'm with with folk from back home as well, I'm dropping like a fly. Honestly, I was top of one of them by like a hundred points, and I'm now in second. Like I I just it's not going well. I I think I blame it on Abamyang personally. Like Abamyang, T- Timo Werner are are the two culprits. You you got rid of Abamyang though for Son and Son scored. I did, and he scored. <laughs> he did, didn't he? he? Could not make up, and I took a points hit to get back. I didn't just didn't just transfer him. I also lost points to transfer him. You lost this points, season, so... he's not been able to hit water if, if he was to fall out of a boat. And then as soon as he comes up against Southampton, <laughs> scores a good goal. And you, he just knew. He knew that loads of people took him out of his fantasy team, and he was like, "You know what? That's it. That's the final straw." I know we've been terrible this season, but this is it. This is this is the moment. I turn around my fortunes, and he scored. And then. I also didn't captain Timo Werner, which that was neither here nor there. He didn't really perform, but neither did Phil Foden, my new captain, as Man City were held at West Brom of all places. That got that result, getting Slavin Bilic sacked for some reason. So mm. me captaining Phil Foden has somehow led to Sam Allardyce being back in the Premier League. So it was a very Struan, you're weekend. so influential on this league, on on Honestly. the Premier League. <laughs> Tell me, Struan Garvey has not had an influence on English football. Jamie, you also dropped down the league. You dropped a couple of places. You dropped into 18th, but you did gain points on Struan, and you're you're within striking mm. distance. Yeah, I'm I'm mid table. You know, that's just my middle name. Um, <laughs> the whole of last last uh, campaign, I I had a, a fairly solid season. I was consistent enough, and uh, you know, it looks like hopefully we can have something similar where we we're we're nice and solid to start with, and then we gradually just get better and we have a late push for the, the playoffs hopefully <laughs> as they are such a thing in a fantasy Premier League uh, competition Tariq Lamptey inter- interesting selection from you for uh, for your defence but I suppose Fulham Brighton just does scream nil nil, doesn't it well I mean to be fair he's he's always been there um, mm. He's he's been in my defence for, for quite a while now um, and yeah you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to take him out just now Um because yeah, I don't really see that one being a, a particularly high. Well, yeah, didn't didn't see it as being a particularly mm. high scoring game, and they've got Sheffield United next as well. So, not sure I would expect that to be a particularly high scoring one at the weekend either. It was just it was a very weird fantasy week, to be honest. I don't, don't feel like no one really did very well 
whatsoever. Yeah. I think out, um, out of our nine person or like nine people group chat, including all of us here at the Fancy Ramble, or six of us, we've got the two boys at Energy Extra Time and Amy Canavan as well. Only three out of the nine of us actually got above point above the average points. I think I was one below it. You were. You were one below the yeah. average. Me and Struan were... Well, me and Taylor get 39. Uh, Sean get 36. I, I don't know how Sean... He's get Rashford and De Bruyne in. That's the only reason Sean gets points every now and then. Mm. And Struan was the lowest out of our consortium of writers this weekend. I think it's worth pointing out that there's people actually below Sean in our 41-team league. Yeah, there so is. Sean, there's, there's two people below, uh, below Sean. Yep. Um, I think that's pretty impressive. Jonah Burton and Craig Allen. I believe uh, Jonah has stopped playing. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I just believe that's a relief. <laughs> and I just believe Craig Allen is an idiot because that's my friend. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I can say that. Strand defend his friend. <laughs> oh no, Craig Allen does not get defended. He is yeah. What, that's what happens when you're just lanky. Anyway, we're, we'll, we'll move on because we said we're going to try and keep it under an hour, at least an hour, and we're seven minutes in without talking about the games. <laughs> this is t- oh, it's going to be the case. Every time it's the three of us, it just doesn't go to plan. But I'm fine with that. We're going to move on to segment one, which is our premium picks segment. This is where we look at the kind of highest uh, profile games from the game week and try and analyse them in a bit more detail. Starting on Saturday night at half five at Goodison Park. Everton are taking on Basement Boys Arsenal. Uh, last results for both. Uh, Everton got a 2-0 win away at Leicester, while Arsenal managed to snag themselves a golden point at home to Southampton. We've been slagging Arsenal for a while, uh, so we'll come on to them just shortly, and uh, we'll take a look at Everton first. Uh, they've had a bit of a bounce recently, boys, haven't they? I mean, that's two big results in a row. I mean, the 1-0 win uh, at home to Chelsea, and then this 2-0 win away at the King Power. Considering Arsenal's form, Jamie, they must be coming at this one fairly confident, no? Yeah, you'd think so. Favourites at home. Uh, I believe they are still in the required tier for them to be allowed fans into the into the ground. I haven't really been following the, the UK government's constant changing of the tier system. Um, so I, I don't really know, frankly, if they're still allowed fans in. But they were when they played Chelsea, so uh, I'm assuming it's the same. And I think uh, we highlighted it possibly on the ramble when you were at work, Jack. I said that uh, I think the fans played a big part in Everton's victory over Chelsea. And I would expect something similar this weekend uh, if such a thing is allowed into the stadium. Uh, No, I I do agree. I I did listen back to that uh, ramble episode full of pride at my my illegitimate children spreading their wings and flying without me. It was... An emotional moment, but it was a very good episode, and you all spoke very well. Even even Taylor, he he managed it somehow. He managed to get some good points across. Uh, our our Arsenal soon, as I said already, dropped points once again, and uh, we have become notorious for just bashing Arsenal in the last couple of weeks on every single podcast that we seem to appear on. Uh, to be honest, there is. Is there any point to having any Arsenal players in your fantasy team at the moment? I mean, yeah, but very, very slim. I think looking past Saka and Aubameyang, that's it. That would be the only two I would consider. I, I really can't see them keeping a clean sheet, and I don't think, as good as Kieran Tierney has been this season, he's sort of been one of the standout players. If that is an achievement, no offence. But I can't really see any of those fullbacks necessarily getting assists. I mean, Nicolas Pepe, Lacazette, Willian, Nketiah, you just can't really imagine any of them scoring, especially when we've seen Everton, you know, they, they kept a, clean, a good clean sheet against Chelsea. And Chelsea's attack is, in my opinion at the moment, much better than Arsenal's is, especially with the four centre halves that are played. I really, I really think Arsenal will struggle. And <laughs> that's before you even take into consideration that Arsenal can't really break teams down that well. So. Mm. Other than Aubameyang, who's very expensive to the point, I would I would genuinely just consider Saka. I, th- I think he I think he's been one of the bright sparks for Arsenal this season, and he basically made the goal out of nothing at Southampton. You know, it's it's all sort of the praise about Aubameyang getting back on the, back into the goals, but really Saka completely made that goal with an absolutely fantastic run. Mm-hmm. I think the thing about with Aubameyang in fantasy football this year, he is. I think he was the most expensive player in the game coming into it. I think he started at twelve million. De Bruyne mm. was sitting at eleven point five, sitting as a midfielder, and when you cost twelve million, you really need to be putting in attacking contributions at least once a week, 
Like, realistically, for the money you're paying, you want massive returns. And Aubameyang has been anything but value for money this season. I think, is it three league goals? Four if you count the own goal this season? Three this season, yeah. I, che- I checked last night. And he's, and that he's that was his slide because we made the point uh, last Friday about Zuma having double his goal tally. Well, actually, David Goldrick now has one more than Aubameyang after the Sheffield United <laughs> game. Wow. There you go. Uh, there you go. E- easy solution. Just put anyone else in midfield and play David McGoldrick instead of Aubameyang, and you'll get points. Uh, how how do we how do we see kind of both teams coming into this game? Do we see Everton kind of going through what they've done recently and just using Richarlison to basically run through teams and get the ball to Calvert Lewin, or do, do we think that Ancelotti might see Arsenal as potentially wanting to get the get some monkeys off their back and just kind of get themselves back into the top half of the table, so they might sit a bit more resolutely. Or, or how, how, how do you guys see it happening? I think if I was Everton, I would go at this Arsenal team at the moment, especially with Gabriel now missing. I think this season he's probably been the only good centre half. Mm. And oh, I think Bellerin will be back actually, so that'll be a first choice back. But I, I think I would just go at this Arsenal team because if Everton can go and nick a goal early, I think they can hold on to that lead. I really do. I think they're quite strong defensively even with the lack of creativity out front. So I think, I think if I was Everton, I would, I would just go hell for leather, try and get a goal and go from there. Because you, you just don't really know what kind of Arsenal team is going to turn up at the moment. So just just go on the front foot, as we've mentioned. Everton have the fans, they're the home team. You know, Just just go for it. There's no reason to to be scared of Arsenal at the moment. Jamie Struan, this is an interesting point there. Gabriel, of course, is going to be missing from this game because of his red card. I think I'd seen a stat somewhere that that's eight red cards for Arsenal under Arteta's time in yeah, management. Yeah. What is what is he teaching them in training? Just be aggressive, overly aggressive in games and just go rushing into challenges when you shouldn't? It's clearly not paying off, whatever it is. I mean, yeah. I suppose when you possibly break down the red cards, I can only really remember a few off the top of my head, but you'll look at Pepe's one. You know, he's just moments of stupidity along with the Xhaka one. Moments of madness, really. Gabriel's is just a stupid second yellow mm. for pulling the jersey, really. So I don't know if you could really... Like, obviously, clearly there's like a, a lack of discipline and uh, something that really needs to be... That comes from the manager, ultimately. Um, whether he's been teaching them feisty challenges or what, I don't know. But <laughs> it's, stuck it's, <laughs> discipline ultimately does come down to the manager, so... Uh, they've got big problems. There's, there's, uh, there's no doubt about that. Discipline, uh, disciplinary wise, I think that's the right word. Um, yeah, big problems anyway. And that's one of them, one of many. Oh, hundred percent. One of, one of many problems at Arsenal just now, which have been well documented in the last week over on the rest of our Energy Sport podcast through Energy Extra Time, the earlier episode of the Ramble from earlier in the week, and Energy, and the football roundup on, on from Monday. So make sure to go and listen to all of them if you haven't already, because we, we need we need our listenership. And I'll do just want to raise the point again, Xhaka gets sent off for reacting to his own foul. Yeah. Which is very mm-hmm. funny. Uh, let's get some score predictions on the board then. How how do we see this game playing out in terms of a scoreline and who is going to be the key fantasy men for this weekend? Struan Garvey, what are your thoughts? So I think this one will be a one-all draw. Okay. Because I think it could play out similar to the Southampton game in that Arsa will have a breakthrough. I'm sure they'll concede to it. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure of anything but in this crazy season. But I think Everton <laughs> will get a goal. And I think they'll try and hold on to it. But I could see something happening that will go in Arsenal's favour. And as for the key man, I've gone for Alex Iwobi after I predicted Theo Walcott last week. Yeah, and it worked yeah. Out, so <laughs> I was I'm going once point. again... I can't, and he celebrated. I, w- I was so surprised he celebrated, to be honest. And even that, with no fans in the so stadium. Funny. I find that so funny. It is very interesting. Spent 10 years at Arsenal. I was going to say, you kind of forget how long Walcott was at Arsenal for. But yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go for it. will be the, the other ex-Arsenal player in this in this match. I'll make the point. It will be has not scored a league goal since September 2019. Hmm. I was just going to say, was it me that sent that tweet in earlier? I think it was. I can't remember. Yeah. Staggering. Might chuck a couple of quid on him doing the, getting a goal and ripping the shirt off celebrating like Walcott did. Uh, Jamie, how about yourself? How do you see it playing out and who is going to be your key man for any fantasy players looking to bring in a constituent from this game? 
I'm not sure I would rush to bring in any players from this game, to be honest. Um, I, 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 this is probably my hardest game to call this weekend. Um, I've been very critical of both teams at one point or another this season, or just constantly. If you're if critical you're of every team, um, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> if you're Arsenal, anyway, I've been critical of you throughout the season, but um, ever, ever, and I've had their moments as well. But they've also had their praise, and rightly so. And for that reason, I'm going to go for a 1-0 Everton victory. Uh, very slender. I don't think it'll be a classic game of football, to be honest. Mm. And I kind of think it'll be a mistake rather than a moment of brilliance that we'll see Everton win this game. Who's going to get that goal? <sighs> Arteta. <laughs> what? No idea. Absolutely no idea. Calvert-Lewin's the only player from this fixture in my team. Um, mm. I don't necessarily think he'll score and I wouldn't really advise you to, to bring him in because... He's a striker, and you could probably use your money in that position better and, uh, than on Calvert Lewin this weekend, if you ask me personally. Um, Maybe worth looking think. into just uh, like for that value for money, like who has been the most value for money pick in fantasy yeah. this, that, uh, this season so far. We might need to look into it because surely Calvert Lewin's up there. Against Recons is probably another one up there. Cons is a good shot. Yeah. early picks. Bamford as well must be up there. He was quite yeah. cheap yeah. and scored quite a lot. Bamford started at six. Million uh, or five and a half, right? Six, six million. Calvert Lewin was up, what I say, seven, and he's almost gone up an entire million. A wee bit more, uh, so geez. actually, yeah. I'll go find, with Bernard. I, I'm currently looking, Bern, five foot four, Bernard. Oh. Bernard to come off the bench and grab a late winner for Everton. Goodness me, uh, I'm looking. Oh, I've just found it. Awobi is 5.9 million as a midfielder in fantasy. Yeah, who needs a Bamiyang wow. when you can buy two Wobbies and have change? <laughs> what a waste of money. <laughs> do, I, do I trade Wilfred Zaha for a Wobby this Two Wobbies with change. <laughs> uh, that could be an episode title right there, but he's not going to lie. As for me, I see this going Everton's way purely based on managerial experience. Carlo Ancelotti is used to playing in these massive fixtures. And all Arteta's really had experience of is being Pep Guardiola's assistant in these big fixtures. And to be honest, it, it seems weird calling Everton and Arsenal a big fixture, especially in 2020. But considering the kind of scope of the league at the moment, it is a big fixture for both teams. Because Arsenal desperately need to get back up the table. And Everton want to continue on and want to continue this purple patch that they find themselves in. So I see it going Everton's way. I'm going for a 2-1 to Everton. And my key man is going to be Michael Keane, one of Everton's four centre backs that they're going to end up playing. And uh, I, th- I think I think he'll be- could maybe get a wee header off a off a corner. Is James Rodriguez expected to come back for this game? Fifty-fifty, probably. Fifty-fifty. So. Well, for Taylor Murray's sake, I hope he does because I don't think we'll hear the end of it otherwise. I'm not actually sure it is fifty-fifty. I'm genuinely just assuming because. It, it tends to be, you know, 50-50 at the moment. With, with James Rodriguez, it definitely seems to be 50-50, like, all the time. There just doesn't seem to be any consistency with him and injuries at the moment, because, mind, uh, like, kind of around game week 7, game week 8, Ancelotti said, yeah, he won't start, and then started him. Yeah. Horrible. Horrible mind games. You know what, I'm get, I'm actually going to go and check everything, uh, team news. Uh, Carl Ancelotti revealed that midfielder Allen is going to miss a period of matches over Christmas. That's and a big loss, actually. Everton boss added Hamas Rodriguez will not be available for Saturday's Premier League game. But skipper Seamus Coleman's in line to make his first team comeback. Ooh. There you go. That's quite big, actually. Mind when Seamus Coleman was unbelievable in fantasy in like 2014. No. Because he had like an eight, <laughs> eight, he got like eight goals that season or something like that. Coleman's a very underrated fullback. And as Ancelotti actually said, he's the best captain he's ever worked with. Which He said that. Speak, yeah, he said oh. he's the best captain he's ever had, and Ancelotti has won the league in all five major, the top five leagues, as you would say. So he's has a pretty good captains in his career. Yeah, you would, you would definitely. I'm fairly say certain that. one of them was Maldini. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not sure, I'm sure Ramos was another one at Real Madrid. John Terry. Oh, question mark about that one. <laughs> I said good what, captain. Was he captain at that point, or did they have it taken off him? Give it the last part. <laughs> can't remember probably was that season right let, let's get on and talk about our second <laughs> premium pick which involves Struan Garvey's team which he'll be mm. so happy to hear uh, it's United versus Leeds for the first time this season uh, Sunday at half four at Old Trafford it was a 3-2 win for United uh, against Sheffield away to Sheffield United 
uh, Solskjaer side made it harder than they needed to, I would say, against mm-hmm. the Blaze. Whereas Leeds turned on turned on the style against Newcastle, running it as five two winners with Jack Harrison's last goal, last goal of the five being the pick of the bunch with a twenty five yard top bin screamer. It's true. United have kind of been on the up and up recently. I mean, they had a new club record for consecutive away wins that's re- then reached 10 consecutive away wins which is impressive in itself but they do still suffer from inconsistency having been knocked out of the Champions League most recently uh, how, how do we see them coming into this one how do we see them evaluating this game uh, I think we're a very very intense game you know Leeds United are, are just relentless I think that's the word I would use to describe Leeds even mm-hmm. even when they've gotten a two goal lead they're still going at it they're never stopping even when the three goals down they're still going at it they're never stopping they're not changing style formation anything like that they're, they're probably i think they've run more than any other team this season as well they're, they're so fit and i think this will just be a really intense game we've seen most games this season united have tended to start very very slow and almost don't actually kick off until they've conceded it's almost that's the kickoff that, that gets them going so i would fancy leads to come out of the block and i think leads will fancy this you know every time they've come up against a big team this season it's not phased them at all they've just gone at it played the way they they normally would and i think I think this would be the same even even as the away team. Jamie, it was what I was just going to get onto. Soon touch on it there. Leeds have had some really good performances in the away ga- in the big games this season. Uh, they might not have yielded uh, positive results from a lot of them. I mean, the first the opening uh, game of the season against Liverpool was one of the most entertaining games I've seen in recent memory. Uh, they got a very credible point at home to City. Uh, beat Villa three 0 away when they were on a real high. Uh, held Arsenal in a game they really should have won. Beat Everton away. There's no real kind of reason to suggest that they wouldn't get something out of this game, but do you see that happening, or do you think it could be a United victory just as standard? Should be a close game. Should be a good game. Hopefully, um, we did say this about the Manchester derby, and obviously did. it didn't, doesn't doesn't quite always pan out the way that you think it's gonna. But I, I hope this will be a good game to watch. Um, Leeds obviously quite like to try and play on the counter away from home. And guys like Rafinha, who have didn't really start the season, um, but kind of has come on to a bit of a game now and seems to have worked his way into Bielsa's starting eleven. Rodrigo obviously got on the score sheet as well the other day, a much-needed goal for the big summer signing. You were buzzing with that. Um, uh, well, uh, you know, I was uh, a huge advocate for him when, when he first came in. Yeah. Um, and, and I think I actually had him in my fantasy team to start with and was kind of expecting him to start over Bamford because, well, you spend that much money on a player. I kind of expected him to, to start, but uh, obviously he didn't quite hit the ground running. So it was a big goal for him during the week against Newcastle. So quite intrigued to see how Leeds actually line up, um, mm. because obviously I, I do think there's kind of a there's a half decent squad there now, like depth wise. I think um, there's quite a lot of exciting talent on the bench to, to kind of come off the bench later on and on in games if they're looking for an impact substitute or anything. So should be a half decent game, and I'll just give you a score prediction. I'll go with one all. Um, I don't really know about a key player though. To be honest, again, I'm not sure it was a, I'm not sure it's a game I would rush to bring players in for. To be honest, yeah, I mean, it's it is quite a tough one to call, especially for bringing those key players in. But we've already touched on Bamford once uh, in this podcast already. Uh, he he just seems to keep enjoying proving Taylor Taylor Murray wrong. Mm. I think how how many goals is that he's on for the season nine. In the league? Oh. Am I wrong with that? I think it was eight, but I'm not 100% sure. I can double check right now. He's on nine, yes. Nine? Well. He's the joint um, third top goal scorer. That's, that's yeah, fairly yeah, impressive. Like, with Harry Kane. That, that, need, that needs to be spoken company. about. Like, Bamford is playing very well this season. He's getting goals. And sure, he's missed a fair few chances as well, which has seen him scrutinised. But he's still getting goals. He's nine, the same as Harry Kane. So that shouldn't be overstated in itself. And for about six million, he could be a fairly safe bet to bring in. Maybe not, maybe for this game, but as well for the long haul. Uh, Struan, is there anyone from United that you'd be willing to bring in? I mean, Marcus Rashford picked up a brace. Or was it a brace? Did he get two? Uh, yeah, it was two. He got two. Yeah, he picked up a brace. And he is a midfielder. He is quite pricey, but. Has he thrown his name back in your kind of thoughts for a potential transfer? I think for this game, uh, Fernandez is obviously. I think if you're going for a United player, it's got to be him. And I think it would just be those would be the only two. I wouldn't touch anyone in the defence or a goalkeeper at the moment. And there's there's no way there's going to be a clean sheet for United this weekend. <laughs> and you're not I think confident I, in that whatsoever. No. <laughs> okay. 
the United haven't really done well defensively, and I think Leeds will be that good. Like, even if United were to pull off a win, I think Leeds would still get a goal regardless. And I think Rashford's the only player who I would say is guaranteed to start out of that front three. So I'd put my bet on him and Fernandez being your two safe bets. Very fair. How do you see it going in terms of scoring? We've heard a one-all from Jamie McIntosh as per usual. Uh, how do we see it going for yourself? We've a three-one Leeds victory. I think the way. Oh my god! Dominant. No, I don't, I don't even think that's. But I've, I've backed United a wee bit recently. But I think no, you've not. I backed them to beat Sheffield United. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a blind man said, could back them to beat Sheffield United. I said a two-nil victory, and they almost didn't beat Sheffield United. So. You know, but I think I don't think that's even. I know I'm very pessimistic for United, but I think anybody could could genuinely say a Leeds victory because once again it's getting to that point where United actually look quite decent. And if if they do win their game in hand, they move up to second in the table, and it's sort of like oh, there's something here. And there's also the added fact that this is a home game, which United don't win this season. They only win away games, so they like away games, don't they? They do like away games, so I'll go for that. And I think as we've seen uh, in these recent games. United come up very, very slow, and as I mentioned, Leeds will Leeds will be relentless. They'll come at them. I don't think United will get that opportunity to make a mistake or two at the back and, and recover. Mm. I think Leeds will score one. They'll go and score another one. They won't. They won't sit back like as Sheffield United did yesterday. As soon as they scored, that was them basically just waiting to concede again. I don't think that'll be Leeds. I think once Leeds get one, they want two. They want three. They want yeah four, five, six, whatever. And I, and I don't think United will be able to handle that. Especially we saw the way that United defence completely crumbled against Tottenham. I mean, fair enough, it wasn't full defence, but. I could see something similar, just not to the same severity. Who who are you highlighting as a key man in this one then for Leeds? Because I'm assuming Patrick it's Bamford. a Leeds key player that you're going for in the three. Yeah, yeah. Pa- Patrick Bamford would be my go-to spoken about. Yeah. He's doing very good, but Rafinha's also a good shout. He's looked good. Harrison. Yeah, I I feel, I feel like if you're going to bring in any Leeds midfielder, you're going Harrison or you're going uh, Matthias Clark, who are penalty taker. I think the only other Leeds player I'd maybe give a shout to is Mesley. Every time I've seen yeah, him this yeah, season, yeah. he's been mm-hmm. very, very good. He's very reactive. Like, he's got good reactions. Yeah. He's a very good shot stopper. Mesley. So young for a goalkeeper as well. I think he's only 20. which 20, is 21, I think. Quite yeah. seldom for a goalkeeper in the Premier League. But Jamie ba- yeah, I, think- I know Jamie backs to the Leeds defenders. I think if you still get Ailing in. Yeah, but I'm not really sure. Like, if I never had him, I'm not sure I'd be like rushing to bring him in. He's just somebody <laughs> that I just can't really get rid of. Yeah, no, I get that. 100%. Still got like Jimmy Dunn in that. Wait, <laughs> 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 Jimmy Dunn will get a goal this weekend. Watch. Does he even play anymore? Did he not just play that no, one game? He, where he, he literally, yeah, he played that one game and uh, got a goal. And when, never seen again. Ben Me got injured or something, I think, and. Uh, like he obviously Ben Mee's come back now and uh, I think just Dunn's just disappeared he's done if you like ah <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Jimmy is done yeah. <laughs> nah, that's, that's two episode titles in two games boys I mean woof, we're on fire today well, look at us uh, for me it's kind of hard to split this one personally uh, I, f- I feel like Man United do just have immense attacking quality against a fairly shaky Leeds defence although uh, Robin Cock is still not going to be back for this one if I'm right so that's a good thing <laughs> yeah it's a good thing <laughs> that's the argument I'm making but I, I do I do believe that I, I completely agree with what Struan said about the pressure uh, that Leeds will put on and be relentless and I feel that's why my key man in this game is going to be Calvin Phillips because we've seen mm-hmm. so many times for United this season everything comes through Bruno Fernandes and if Calvin Phillips can just hound him like a dog win the ball back off him as many times as he possibly can United's attacking options will be a lot more limited than they would be usually. So well, that's sort of what happened last night with um, last night as of recording this with Sheffield United was mm. they just put everybody on Bruno Fernandes and he was basically he still got involved to an extent but he didn't have the same impact because he had you know two or three players on him all. I the think it, it was a stat I'd seen on if uh, FPL Twitter. I think that was the first ever away game that he blanked in. I think I think I'm actually going to give uh, Ollie a bit of credit here. Because I think oh bloody hell are you feeling uh, right? No, not really. But I think the reason Paul Pogba played in that midfield was because he knew Bruno Fernandez was going to get marked out of the game. So by adding another you know quality midfielder in, who he would get a bit more space, which you saw with the second goal. And I think as well by playing Matic, he sort of had the idea to rest um, McTominay and Fred, who are the much more energetic, I would say, for this upcoming Leeds game. So I think he probably had one eye on this game definitely with the team selection. Yeah, I, I agree, and then I think. It's, it's a bit annoying, it's a bit worrying for me, especially at the fact that you want to grow Dean Henderson into the eventual David De Gea replacement. He's already picked up De Gea's habits of making mistakes, clearly, so 
He must have thought he was still playing for Sheffield, eh? <laughs> That's what training Sheff- with Joe Sheffield Brenner United. Does. I have to I keep telling Sheffield you. Sheffield United, sorry. Sissy <clears throat> Wilder was telling journalists off strewn. See, I would normally say United, but obviously because of that game, it's getting confusing. <laughs> shocking. Absolutely shocking. With, with Struan disrespecting an entire fan base, we're going to move on to the third of our premium picks, which is a London derby, as Graham Sinclair mentioned the other day. There seems to be a London derby every weekend. And there is, it's a fairly high-profile one for, for me, this one, boys. Chelsea versus West Ham on Sunday, 8pm at Stamford Bridge, a late kickoff, and I'm going to be home from work in time to watch it, which is excellent news for me. Or, is depri- it? or maybe is not, it though? Maybe not. <laughs> after recent times, uh, it was a two-one loss for Chelsea away to Wolves with Pedro Pedro Neto netting late on. I could I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't fit Pedro back into that because that would have been quite a nice continuation. Anyway, <laughs> to get Wolves a two-one victory at home, and it was a one-all draw for West Ham and their London derby midweek against Crystal Palace at the London Stadium. Jamie, we're in a bit of a slump right now, aren't we? Yeah. It's not great. Uh, no, no, it's not. I mean, to be fair, they were doing all right. And then that Everton game, obviously, lost 1-0, drew a blank. But, you know, obviously we've been used to scoring a lot of goals. And mm. to be fair, you know, I still think we've kind of been leaking goals. So, like, you know, if you look at the kind of last four games, you know, we've not kept a clean sheet. You know, we conceded the Leeds, Krasnodar, Everton and Wolves. So I still think it's the defence, obviously, that's, that's letting us down. It's just like we've been scoring more goals than we've been conceding so we've been getting away with it mm. but obviously against Everton we drew a blank hit the post a couple of times which was a bit unlucky I said I thought we deserved to get a point out of that one but obviously it wasn't to be that's football sometimes and the Wolves obviously it's a, a late a late goal that's that's cost us so I don't know I, I don't know whether it's an overreaction to maybe say that we're in a slump I don't know but um you know it's back-to-back defeats obviously so you know yeah. it's, it's not good whatever way you look at it but I don't know if we maybe just need to maybe say Aye, we were a bit unlucky against Everton. It was one of those nights, and then obviously it's a last minute winner that's that's cost us against Wolves. I suppose when you look at it, just look at Chelsea season. We'd only lost once before last weekend, and then we've lost two on the bounce in quick succession. Yeah. So yeah. I, I get I get your point that it just might just be a bit reactive to say it's a slump, but for the season they, in context they need to win, of the though. season, yeah, you know, definitely they need to need go to. and win. Because we we it's not it's not an easy game and it's not an easy kind of time of it before the year ends because we play West Ham this weekend Arsenal on Boxing Day and then Aston oh. Villa on Arsenal. Wait, wait, what? I didn't realize how quickly the next game week came. Oh my god! Ar- Arsenal Arsenal on Boxing Day, Aston Villa on the Monday. Yeah, twenty eighth. Goodness me! It's, it's it's mental. And Th- then play again like New Year's Day, second of January, so a lot of teams. Maybe clock I think I think we'll struggle yeah. to get a ramble in in time. Uh, for which one? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Both. <laughs> we might need to do midweek in preparation for uh, put out a Christmas Eve episode. <laughs> Who's the most sober to come on and speak some, some <laughs> not nonsense? Well, to be fair, I don't. I think we could probably do it early, an early recording on the on the Monday for why? Why are we doing this on air? Oh, I've just realised we're just extending Lister. <laughs> Oh right, let's talk about this game of football. What what do you th- what do you think it's been down to the last couple of couple of games for Chelsea? Has it just been the defence kind of letting down the attack, or has it been the fact that Werner and Havertz are just in a rough time of it? All just of now? The, all of the above, fair. all of the above. Fairly simple. Move on. Fair, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Not really much more needs to be said. I mean, everyone knows that uh, Havertz is not hitting the heights. I'll argue because. I'll, I'll take Taylor's point on board that he made uh, to Amy on extra time. He did have COVID, and it's, it does affect people in different ways. As you've seen, it can put people into into hospital, clearly. But in some cases, you can have a loss of taste for one day, feel fine for the rest of it, but come back with, for the rest of the time and come back with a positive test. Shout out, Ralph Boyd. And uh, it might, he might be taking longer to recover from that. I'm, I'm not going to give him the whole adjustment period argument you sign a player for 21 million because he's quality he sh- a player of his quality shouldn't need an adjustment period personally but that is what it is I suppose but Lampard is playing him out of position more often than not he should be either in the number 8 or just off the number 9 not as a right winger if, if we can't play Ziyech there play Hudson-Odoi don't waste one of the most talented central midfielders in the league on the wing That that is that is my argument Jamie I don't know if you agree with that or 
Yes, I would say that's a fair comment, Jack. Yes, I've watched Hearts uh, under Mr. Craig Levine. And, oh, yes. Uh, Don, Don Cowie was played out wide constantly for about 18 months, if I recall that uh, fantastic time. And uh, yes, it doesn't doesn't really work when you play players out of position. I'm sure there are many other examples, but Don Cowie to Kai Havertz is the one that springs to mind. We, we are just consistent with coming up with episode titles, it has to be said. Don Cowie to Kai Havertz is not something I ever expected to hear in my lifetime, but here we are. Uh, Stuart, we'll take a look at West Ham because they actually might have some of the best options for budget FPL players that are netting points. The, the uh, check pairing of Kufal and Suchek, I don't think they're, I think they're 5 million each and Kufal's less than that, I think. Yeah. Uh, are there any any other West Ham players that we, we should be looking at for our fantasy teams going forward? I know Mikhail Antonio was hitting the heights before he got injured, but Sebastian Haller has come in and... Uh, Decided he what he wants to be a striker this season. He actually wants to score goals and scored an unbelievable acrobatic effort the other night. I'm quite a big fan of Jared Bone. I think he's really really good for that team. I think off the right wing, he's got a wand of a left foot to be honest. And he's just it's quite it reminds me a little bit of Robin every time he gets the ball. You know, you just know he's going on to his left foot, but you don't know where or when he's going. You don't know do how it. to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, and every single time he manages to get away with it, and the defender just can't track it. I think I think he's very very talented. I would I would say Pablo Fernals. Sorry, Jamie. I think he does does provide an extra body on the pitch to West Ham. Maybe defensively, somebody like Ogbonna. He's actually scored quite a few goals from corners this season. He's been a bit has, prolific. Yeah. yeah. So I think maybe that. However, I'd I'd be stunned if West Ham do keep a clean sheet. So that's a very risky um, hit and hope that one. So yeah, I, th- I think I think Jared Bowen would probably be my go-to. Other than the ones you previously mentioned. No, I'd, no, Jared Bowen. I brought him in. Uh, the other week uh, as part of a points hit transfer I think I brought Callum Wilson and Jared Bowen in in one fell swoop and I was fortunate that w- at least one of them got me the points back that I lost Bowen got an assist in West Ham's game week 12 match which I'll just remind myself while I ramble slightly as I scroll through my phone come to fixes and results, tap it twice and it was the 2-1 victory over Leeds. There we go. That's how we that's how we get <laughs> fell dead air before I actually make a point. Just describe what I'm doing. And what I'm gonna do now is ask the boy for the score prediction. This has got this has got shit, boys. <laughs> We're keeping going. Chelsea though. Chelsea three, West Ham two. Oh. I like that. I d- why do you think it's gonna be so high scoring? Um, well, I don't think we can defend, and as I kind of previously alluded to, we are we have been pretty good at scoring goals apart from kind of the last kind of game or two. Really, I think we've scored more than two goals in, in quite a lot of our domestic games recently. It feels feels like we have anyway. Mm-hmm. Second top yeah. te- second top scorers in the league behind Manchester eh, behind Liverpool. Sorry, I believe Chelsea's top scorer and the sister is Ben Chilwell. Excellent fantasy knowledge there, Stuart. Which is some or, crazy stats. Crazy stats. Mm-hmm. We're, like, we're like the inverse Rangers of this league, just relying on a fullback for out all of our all of our attacking input. Uh, who's going to be your key man from? I, I'd imagine you're going for a Chelsea key man since you're going for a Chelsea win, but I could be wrong. Yeah, it probably has to be really, doesn't it? Um, depends on can who goes through the middle. To be honest, um, I would quite like to see Giroud play again, just for the kind of doubles that play in, into feet. I'm not a fan of Werner out on the left, to be no, perfectly honest. But not. Um, I, I until you kind of get Ziyech and Pulisic back in there, I think that's probably the better option. Um, so I'll go with Olivier Giroud. Olivier Giroud is a very good a very good shout because he has been he, he scored against uh, Wolves. He scored the opening goal of the game, so. Nothing to suggest he won't do it again at home to West Ham. Struan, how about yourself? How do you see this one playing out? I've gone for a 3-1 Chelsea victory. I don't think Chelsea will lose three in a row. And I've gone for the Chelsea man Declan Rice to be the man of the match. <laughs> By score, I've, I've, I've actually put in brackets, scoring an OG. You, you've you put in brackets that Declan Rice is going to score an own goal because Predicting he is it. Chelsea. He is a Basically. Chelsea man. Basically. More, more talk about it today as well, so... Uh, it's just, one of them, today. it's just one of those transfers that you just know is going to happen. It's not if, it's when at this point, I'd say. So it's just a bit of a joke, you know. I, I think if I did have to pick a Chelsea key man, I'm going to stick with Declan Rice being it because you, you, never, you never see anything like that. It's a bit interesting. However, maybe if Kai Havertz or Werner actually play in their natural positions, maybe they'll, maybe they'll play well. You'd like to think so anyway. 
I, I actually can't believe I'm, I'm reading what I'm reading, but I just jumped on the uh, Chelsea team news on the FPL app just to see if my key man's actually going to be playing. And I scroll down at the bottom and there's a section about Declan Rice. That this runs so deep, like I'm genuinely convinced he is out on loan at this point. There's no point. I've, I've I've said it. Like I think he is just on loan. At <laughs> Literally, read with Chelsea facing the Hammers on Monday. Lampard was asked not for the first time about the East Londoners midfielder Declan Rice and whether there is regret he left their academy at the age of fourteen. They they're put. Everyone is pushing this narrative. The clubs are pushing the narrative. Rice It'll be the Mason Mount and his friendship will be popping up next as well. Oh God, that's what going to ask in in pre match. They're going to be sitting, Dave Jones, they're going to be sitting with Sunis and uh, Carragher in the studio. And they'll be like that. Right, Sunis, <laughs> these guys are friends. They're going to play Analyze it. Do you know what, right? I, I don't know if this is controversial or not. I don't want to take too much time on this because I know we're already probably going to be running over. But I, I don't think Declan Stars would start for Chelsea at the moment. No, like, I, I'm, not, I'm not meaning that in the way that Declan Rice is a bad player, but I, I don't think he'd start over on Golo Kante in the holding midfield role. Nope. I think he's much better in midfield than he is in defence. I think it's a bit of a waste there, especially when Chelsea have actually got some pretty decent centre-halves at the moment. Mm. So, and the, the midfielders, I mean, Kovacic, Mount, Kai Havertz, one of them's probably going to start and one of them will be further forward. I, I just don't really see if Declan Rice necessarily would as well. Jorginho currently at the club. So, at the moment, I, I don't know if he'd even play for Chelsea. Yeah, it, it's kind of hard to su- suggest that anyone other than N'Golo Kante would be starting in Chelsea's holding midfield role. But for my score prediction for this one, I'm going to 2-1 Chelsea. I, I want to keep the faith, and I would like to th- I would like to think that we are actually going to get back two winning ways in this game. Uh, at home against a London rival, fans aren't going to be there, uh, because I think London's gone back into Tier 3, or has gone into Tier 3 for the first time. So mm. fans at stadiums are a thing of the past, once again. Uh, I'm going to give my key man, if he starts, I'm going to give it Christian Pulisic. Because I think he's he was... Missing from the squad uh, against uh, Wolves because of a hamstring issue, and a persisting hamstring issue. But there was nothing to suggest that he won't be in line to, in line to feature this game. I don't, there's been nothing said about Pulisic in that uh, team news uh, release from Chelsea today. Uh, all, all it said that Lampard has not ruled out the possibility of Hakim Ziyech or Callum Hudson-Odoi returning to the squad, so we may see one, if not both of them, feature on the bench as well. Anyway, that's going to bring an end to our uh, premium pick segment. We're going to move on to our second segment, which is our wild card options. This is where we take a look at three, uh, not as high-profile games, but games we fe- feel uh, deserve to be mentioned at least once before the podcast finishes. We're starting with a, a, a game that could have been argued for a, for a premium pick, if I'm being quite honest. Uh, Tottenham-Leicester, of course, Tottenham... Famously, now famously lost that last minute uh, goal from Roberto Firmino at Anfield, which I don't know if you've seen it, boys, but Tim Sherwood wasn't worried about it until it happened, you know. But Tottenham have got all the height in the box, so they should have been fine. Tottenham have got all the height in the box, so there's no one that's really going to beat a Tottenham player to a header, except right there, except except that one. (laughs) That's up there for one of the funniest bits of uh, colour commentary that we could have ever seen. Like that that's up there with McLaren commentating about Iceland on Sky Sports. I was me. just gonna say who was the commentator that was doing that England Iceland game, yeah. Steve McLaren. Steve. <laughs> There's also the the Arsenal Ostersons one when it was Arsenal were all over them and then Osterson scored. <laughs> <laughs> I can't quite remember who was the pundit. Oh, I can't remember either. Well well we will we'll, we'll, we'll save it, we'll save it for the group chat. We'll find that out. Uh, how do we feel about this game, boys? I mean, Leicester have struggled to nail down any sort of consistency Tottenham have been good there's no no other word for it they've just been good this season uh, how are we feeling for it uh, Struan how do you feel uh, I think it's been a really really good game to be to be perfectly honest I think it's two teams who I think you'd really struggle to pick a winner I think a couple of weeks ago you'd probably have said you know it would be a Tottenham win then after the Liverpool game and the Crystal Palace game a couple of poor results in a row Leicester just well, they're just very random, you know. One one minute they'll lose to one of the teams in the bottom half, and then the next minute they'll absolutely dominate a team, and it's just sort of up and down, and just just interesting. Basically, it just depends whether Jamie Vardy shows up or not, I suppose. But I think it will be a good game. I'm going for a two 0 Spurs victory with Harry Kane being the man of the match because I think after dropping those points to Liverpool, I think Jose Mourinho, Jose Mourinho will know himself that they can't afford to drop any any other points, especially now against another one of the the, the top ten sides, I guess. 
you'd maybe have to extend that too in, in Leicester mm. at the moment. And especially when it, Liverpool do have a tricky game against Crystal Palace, but you've got to go with the mindset that they're going to pick up three points there. So you've got to keep um, keep pace with them. And as we've seen, the other teams around, I mean, the top the top 10 are basically within a few points of each other. So there's no way you can drop points to a team who are right next to you in the table. So I will, I will go for a Tottenham victory in this one. Very good. Jamie, Kane versus Vardy, who gets your uh, tip to be the more influential player on this game? Kane, so much so that I have swapped them. Vardy's oh, that's your transfer Kane's, this week. Kane's gone in, yeah. Wow. Uh, 4-1 to Tottenham. Oh my God. <laughs> Can I just quickly um, say one no. other thing? Uh, oh, sorry. Um, oh, no. I believe on the last podcast, Graham said that there were only two teams in the league who hadn't drawn yet, Aston Villa and Tottenham, and then Aston Villa have gone and drawn to Burnley. So, Sorry, Aston Villa and Leicester. So that means that Leicester are now the only team who haven't uh, drawn a game this season. So it's going to be a 1-1. To put an omen on this game. <laughs> because yeah. because Strun because Strun made the point it's going to be the invert of course. Yep. Uh, move on to game two, which is Southampton versus Man City. I feel like this could be a really good game to be honest, boys. Should be. Uh, I've been high on Southampton since the start of the season. Really, uh, got a very realistic. We make fun of Arsenal a lot, but it's still a very credible point for Southampton to get uh, away at Arsenal. Uh, they're hosting Man City, who have been better than Arsenal quite comfortably, but they they've had their own problems. So. It's a Southampton side that are just high on life at the moment. They can't really seem to do any wrong. Could there potentially be an upset in here, Jamie? Depends on what you define as an upset. So well, is, a, is a draw is a draw an upset? Maybe. I mean, is it? How do you Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so I think a Southampton win is an upset. Agreed. But I think if Southampton were to draw this game, I'm not sure I would class it as an upset. You know that the they've not lost well that that United game aside, um they've not lost since Tottenham gave them a, mm. a doing right at the start of the season where obviously we were very um upbeat about Southampton's chances for the, the the upcoming season and then they lost to Crystal Palace on a, on the opening day of the season and then were scudded by Tottenham five two so then we were suddenly thinking oh panic stations and all that and then mm. they went on this brilliant unbeaten run and only lost to Man United in a game where they were. 2-0 up, 2-1 up, 2-0 yeah, up. 2-0 up at halftime. 2-0 up and, uh, you know, should never really have lost it. So, uh, yeah. I think uh, if this game was... A, I, I would be very surprised if Southampton lost this game. Fair enough. I, I, so, Stru- if, that's, if that's an upset, then fair enough. Yeah, no, fair. Fair to your point. Uh, Struan, how about yourself? How do, you, how do you feel coming into this one? Do you think... City have been just there this season. I feel like they're just not really leaving much of a mark on the league season. No, it's very, it's very strange because it's it almost just seems that Guardiola has done something that Arteta has done in the sense that he's trying to shore up the back because one of the problems last season was even though Ederson won the Golden Glove that that was just weird that Man City's defense was very poor mm. and this season they have they've I think there was seven clean sheets in a row before they came up against West Brom and even during that game I mean Sam Johnson had some heroics but I just thought it wasn't the Man City that we've seen going forward I think. And it's the same players minus Aguero, really, and I suppose David Silva, but even towards the latter stages of last season, we weren't always seeing David Silva in that team. True. They just look like... Sane's away as well, we need to remember. I'm sorry? Although, actually, no, he he missed the majority of the season. What am I yeah, talking he, about? Yeah, he, he, he's basically out last <laughs> oh, season. No. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's very interesting. And, and Guardiola dropped Riyad Mahrez, who's actually their top scorer in the league for that game, never substituted him on. You know, it's... Mm. It's just it's just some weird decisions I think, and I I don't understand why. I mean, one of the I'm, I made the point in the last ramble, but we we were talking at time Jack when we saw the lineups for the United City game that they played two holding midfielders. You know, when have you ever seen yeah. Guardiola's Man City play with two holding midfielders? You know, Fernandinho and Rodri sure. on the pitch, Fernandinho's in the defence somewhere in it basically, but they were both in midfield, and it's almost like yeah. there's almost now this fear that Liverpool are running away with it and are a better team than Man City, even with. You know Virgil van Dijk missing, and I think given how good Spurs have looked this season and some other top performances from the likes of Chelsea and even Southampton, their opponents, yep. I think it's almost that fear that you can't drop points and they couldn't break down West Ham, who sorry West Brom, sorry, who were basically camped in their own box for the entire second half, and that's the type of game that last season Man City would have put five or six past them, and even when they were was it two nil up after fifteen minutes against Fulham, they only won the game two nil. You know, we've seen when after they did demolish Burnley five 0 but it's just not the same Man City going forward, and I'm not sure why. So I'd fancy I'd fancy Southampton to to really have a good go at them. So would I. Come on, the Southampton, we believe in you. Um, 
Final final uh, wildcard option I'm going to discuss. A bit of an odd one. There weren't the best batch of fixtures to pick from this weekend. There were a few good ones, but this one is coming as the early kickoff on Sunday. Brighton versus Sheffield United, because I think Sheffield United are going to get the win. I like that. They've not won at all this season. They are six points off of 19th, sitting on a solitary point, having only scored seven goals in 13 games. So it might seem a bit of a bold move to suggest that they're going to get a win. But Brighton do not have results to back up their performances. They sit two points above the relegation zone in 16th. Uh, Fulham are on nine, and Fulham are playing away to Newcastle, which could potentially go there, go in their favour, depending. Uh, just I don't trust Brighton whatsoever. I, I was quite excited by them. I thought they put on a really good performance against Chelsea in the opening day uh, of the season. Uh, They've had a lot of good moments. Tariq Lamptey has really come into the fore as a very good uh, fullback, And we've seen some nice moments from the likes of, of Leandro Trossard, rather. Uh, ben White's done all right. Alzate and Basuma have been a good uh, midfield pairing. But they just do not have results, and I don't know what it comes down to. I think it might like one reason might be the fact that they just don't really seem to be highly motivated as a unit. They just kind of all seem to be caring about their own individual performances. I mean, we've seen Mopai being exiled from the team at points because of his just because of his behaviour and amongst training. So problems at Brighton for me, and I think it's a perfect time for Sheffield United to get their first win of the season on board. What do we think? Draw. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, it screams draw, but I do agree. But I've also got nil nil draw written out. But I, I think credit to Sheffield United. You know, bottom of the team, they haven't won a game this season. You know, every you know, it's the I saw I saw a fantastic meme of have you have you guys seen the Phantom Menace? I think I put it in the chat yes. actually about when uh, Palpatine at the start of it is we'll watch your career with great anticipation and it's um it's talking about that uh, yeah, 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 on to that. Sheffield United. I like so that. it's I like that a lot. I think a lot of people are just sort of tipping Sheffield United, and I, I personally think they could as well, but. I've not actually. What I've, I've watched Sheffield United twice this season, so I, I'm maybe not the best to speak about them. But there were the games against Leicester and the one against Man United, and I honestly thought they were good in both of those games. And it was almost like they just weren't getting the luck that we saw them get last. I mean, they got two very, very lucky goals yesterday. To be to be perfectly honest, that was a pretty poor comment for me there. But mm. it's almost just like things are not followed for them. You know, a last minute um, winner from Jamie Vardy cost them a massive point in that game. But they they just looked okay throughout it, and I just think they've only really got one one style of football. I think questions do need to be asked of Ramsdale. I think for twenty million pounds, you've you've got to get more from your goalkeeper. I think especially in that kind of situation when you look at Sam Johnson is literally you know saving West Brom a point against Manchester yep. City. Carl Darlow at Newcastle has been absolutely incredible. You know, Bird and Leno has been really good for Arsenal. The other keepers around them have done really <laughs> well. But I think. <laughs> I think Oh, we're actually so relentless. They've had a few awesome injuries. And they're really unlucky to lose Sander Berger as well through a hamstring injury. I think that's really unfortunate because I really do rate him. I think he's a fantastic player. But yeah, I, th- I think they struggle. I think they're looking for goals. But I think Brighton don't have goals in them either. So I, c- I could just see this being a very bad nil-nil. Like, it is technically a six-pointer, really, isn't it? It's a relegation six-pointer. So Basement it's almost battle. one of them. A win is good, Basement but a loss is massive. <laughs> I quite yeah, like that. Really. I do quite like that. I echo both your shouts there. I could uh, very easily see it. I'd probably rather fancy a Sheffield United win. I think if I had a pound in my pocket, I would put it on Sheffield United as opposed to Brighton, just because I've backed Brighton far too many times now, to be honest. I like that. What's interesting they... is um, my brother, who, who's a Rangers fan, he, he kind of changes up English to but he, he said at the start of the season he was going to support Brighton, so that's that's not going too well for him. No. Yeah, that's not I, great. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Brighton have won a home game all season. They've won two they, games they, all season. And I think they've sure. both been away. Newcastle and Aston Villa, I think. 3-0 and 2-1 or something. Yeah, they've never won a home game this season. Three draws yeah, and three so, losses. So, so, why would you back them this weekend? Why? You wouldn't, because you sure. like Chris Wilder and you want him to do well. You want Sheffield somebody, United. Somebody said, that, somebody said that Sheffield United were... Well, you, you saw a bit of uh, last season's Sheffield United against uh, Manchester United during the I, I, I think I, I think I should put that in the chat. I think I said well, somebody why said last it. season somebody Sheffield said United it. turned up tonight and, yeah, and I think they were I think that. very very reminiscent of that. So hopefully I, don't th- I think that's almost even though they lost I think that's a game they'll take confidence from. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know I mean, I, th- I think you, you know you play well, yeah, you, and you don't get the point. But I think there's a lot to learn. I think Chris Wilder um, made that point that you know he's he's much much more happy with that victory than the three 0 defeat to, to Southampton, which is absolutely a terrible performance from what I've heard. Well, there we go. Chrissy Wilder's going to take Sheffield United out of the relegation zone, not with a win here, but this is going to set them off on a what game week is this? Fourteen, yep. a twenty-four game winning streak. That's what's going to happen. Um, we're going to finish off today's show with the Locked in 11. This is where we pulled together the players from games we've mentioned, games we've ignored. With the idea to... I just started for a second. They just lagged in real life. Uh, just to give you the best possible group of players to net you maximum points this weekend. Starting off with goalkeeper and defence since we both get you clean sheet points. I'm feeling an Emmy Martinez shout here, boys, has to be said. I like that. Very good this season. Villa... Away at West Brom on Sunday night. Oh, that's a late kickoff on Sunday night. Is Big Sam's um, return to the Premier League? Ah, of draw. Course, yeah. 0-0 draw written all over it, unless Jack Grealish yeah. wants to actually contribute to an attacking phase. I've brought him in this week, but we'll oh, he, he, was my, he was my captain. He was my captain. <laughs> and he was, did nothing. <laughs> it was quite unlucky, to be fair. I, I, heard, I wasn't game. watching the game, but they, they must have hit the frame. I have no idea how Aston Villa did not win that game. They had so many chances. But the problem was, it was Grealish that created the chances and then a lot of the time gave it to one of the diddies who missed, basically. <laughs> so hopefully, come this weekend, he decides to take the shot on um, a few more times because if, I think if that happens, then West Brom will, eh, sorry, Aston Villa will win the game quite comfortably. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll fancy Villa's chances in this one. Uh, I, I'd also say... Someone like Esri Concert is probably a very good uh, option for defence this week. I know Graham's going to back me on that shout. He is a concert in since the word go and has netted points from this one. I also see Burnley Wolves potentially being a nil-nil game. So take, take yeah, a pick yeah. of either Pope or Patricio, depending on who you've got. I know me and Jamie have both got Patricio, but I think I'll stick with Martinez for this one in my goal. Struan, you got any further shouts you want to throw into the mix? Uh, Hugo Lloris in goal as I mentioned earlier uh, Ben Chilwell top assist and score very good season so far Justin Walker James I've got Kieran Tierney on my bench but because that's because I like Tierney he just like Tierney big, big, he's, a, he's a huddy at this point mate. I think he's a fantastic left back but it's not going well this season I'm going to I'm going to raise you Kieran T- I'm going to see your Kieran Tierney up you and Andy Robertson away to Crystal Palace early kick off mm. on Saturday mm-hmm. I think that'll be a really, really good game. Do you reckon? Yeah, I, I think that could be a fantastic game just because I said it like I think I said this in the very first football roundup of the season or something. I think Palace play really well against the top teams and they've kind of been it's been an interesting game between them two, normally quite high scoring. So yeah, I think it's interesting, especially after Liverpool got such a good win against Tottenham, they need to build on that, but their away record has been pretty poor this season, so yeah, it should be a good game. I'll tuck a shout in for Kufal as well. Just okay. uh mm. I don't think he'll keep a clean sheet against Chelsea. Uh, I mean, I back Chelsea to score quite heavily, but he could be a good investment for the future. Just, I feel like he's been quite influential in West Ham's attacking phases since he joined the club. And no reason to suggest that he couldn't just whip in a ball for Sebastian Haller to score a scorpion kick this weekend because he just was scoring better and better goals as the season goes on. Uh, We'll move up into midfield and we shall discuss a few... Creative options uh, that we're feeling for this game week. Who who are we all looking at this weekend, boys? I've got Jack Grealish. Yeah, I've got Grealish. I've also got Wilfred Zaha. More of a long term that one. Mm. I'm not necessarily this game, you know. And uh, Benteke will be suspended, so there is a chance he might actually start up front for Palace. And uh, Hyungman Son as my vice captain. But but a little bit of a sneaky pick on the bench of Curtis Jones, who has been very good this season. Hmm. Curtis Jones has really come into the fold for Liverpool this season. I'm, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, and a very good budget option uh, if he continues to play the way he's going. He's gonna get more he's gonna get more contributions, which is what we really need from Liverpool midfielders right now. Uh Jamie, how about yourself? Who who else are you backing other than Grealish this weekend? Well, Ross Barkley has kept his place on the bench throughout his injury, and he is uh I think he's a seventy five percent chance of returning Ooh. at the weekend. Um, so I have Stuart Armstrong um, on the as the first sub right now. Um, so if Barkley doesn't start or is in the reserves, then Stuart Armstrong um, will will 
come off the bench, which I think is all right, because uh, I would rather have that than Jimmy Dunn or James Justin, which are the other two subs on my bench. <laughs> now get Jimmy uh, Dunn on, do it for the power. I've also got uh, Hugh Manson, Jack Grealish and Kevin De Bruyne, who loses the armband for this week after his dismal display midweek. Oh. Are, are you, are you, should I guess who your armband's going to? Or have you... Well, you'll decided. need to just wait until we get into the strikers oh, you section big of this. Locked in 11. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because this went so well. We definitely remembered the name of this segment on the other show that I wasn't on. Did, wait, did, did you manage to remember? It was oh, yeah, we, we didn't remember. No, actually, we said you gave it a name, but we couldn't remember what the name was. <laughs> did Graham just say he couldn't be arsed remembering it? Just call no, I, think, I think Graham said, like, team of the team of the week or something like that. Then I said premium picks, which, of course, is the, the first part. <laughs> that's, the that's the games. <laughs> so I think we just got on with it, because by that point, we were already at, like, 70 minutes. Uh, yeah, fair enough. I, I, I can get behind that. Uh, I myself I've got who have I got in midfield I've got Jack Grealish there Harvey Barnes is still in there for some reason mm. although I feel like he is going to be a victim of the second transfer window wild card that will end up getting used for that and just remind remind the listeners when that is Jack you should know after game week post- 16 I think it's uh, excellent that, that's when your first wild card runs out you need to use it before game week 16 I, I was reading the athletic article about um, fantasy football this morning on my way to work, and uh, that double game week and game week nineteen, there are fifteen games of football being played. Ooh! So, so that's triple triple captain time. Isn't that's it? well. Oh, I'm I'm tossing up between triple captain and bench boost. If I'm honest, mm. if if you, you get players from uh, teams that are playing twice on the bench as well as in your starting eleven, mate. You're, get, you're getting twice twice the chance of somebody netting a goal, realistically. You need to get rid of Jimmy Dunn then. Quite possibly, but you'll get a, you'll get a, you'll get your wild card before then, mate. So you, you've got you've got time to prep. That's fine. Uh, you may, you're going to need to juggle it though, because game week eighteen there are only five games of football to be played. Ah oh, no! So it's it's coming thick and fast. It's going to be a tricky time for us FPL managers. We're not even finished with the locked in eleven, and we're talking about this, boys. Who's getting goals this weekend? Who who's starting? At stri- I didn't finish my midfielders. Son's in there. <laughs> Son, Grealish, Barnes, Bowen, and Eze. Everett's yeah. Eze's in there because it's a, it's a bit defensive, is it not? Four five one or something? Three five two or what's, what's well? The, the fa- uh, I think I'll play five midfielders. I tend to play five midfielders regardless, but then it's, it's either. Three five two or three four three, depending on who's been playing, and I very rarely go for it at the back. Mm. But no matter, Everett's uh, easy. Is he's he's done all right in the last couple of weeks? I think I brought him in and he got like two points in his first game that I had him in for. But then he got a, a five, a seven, five and a seven, then a two. So it's not been too bad. Not been too bad an investment. Five point eight million. And he's kind of starting to really come into his own. So. Might be a might be a solid pickup. Maybe not in this game against Liverpool, but maybe for future. Finally, strikers. Who's getting goals this weekend, boys? Captain Kane. Captain Kane. Good shout. Captain Kane. Boys, I think it could be the week. You know. I've not, Captain Werner. I've not made my transfer yet. Oh. And I'm so so tempted to get rid of him. Oh, Werner. Really? Werner. I'm so yeah. tempted. But I've left him in, but I could understand that. I've also got Calvert Lewin. And you might actually, you know what I might do? I might wait for, wait till next week and use him, um, get rid of him for Kane because I've got the money to get Kane. And Spurs have Wolves next weekend, so I might I might get rid of Mopai this week for a Che Adams potentially. Yeah, I like that because Mopai is somehow still in my team. <laughs> Yeah, Ings, Ings, Calvert-Lewin and Kane up front for me in a very attacking 3-4-3 formation. Very nice. I've got Wilson. Cal Wilson will play against uh, against Fulham and I back him to get a goal, even though he didn't get a goal against West Brom. Could be the difference. Yeah, definitely could be the difference. Struan, how about yourself? Captain I've got Kane Dominic Calvert-Lewin, I've got Timo Werner and I've got Captain Harry Kane. You, you've, you're, all your money's in strikers, mate. Good lord. It's not actually, to be fair. Who else you got? Where's your premium money? You've got Bruno, I'm, I'm assuming. No, I don't have Bruno. I've got Youngman Son, I've got Wilfred Zaha, I've got Grealish, I've got Kyle Walker, I've got Lloris. I've only got three in the midfield and two up front. you got no United players? No. Shocking fan. 
not, not backing your own team. <laughs> don't have any Liverpool. Oh, I do have one Liverpool player actually. And get two two Chelsea defenders, and we're definitely not keeping a clean sheet against West Ham. Foolish, well, if you ask maybe me. Maybe I should play Declan Rice then. Maybe you should. Maybe you should. There we go. We're ending on a decision that Stuart Garvey is going to play Declan Rice this weekend. And that brings an episode of this Fancy Ramble to an end. Thank you very much to everyone for listening. Make sure to subscribe to the Ramble feed wherever you get yours to make sure you get new episodes automatically. And follow us over on Twitter at Fantasy Ramble to see all of our host predictions for the next batch of fixtures in Game Week 14. I want to say thank you to Strain Garvey and Jamie McIntosh for joining me on this Friday night. It's been good fun and we've managed to stay under 70 minutes, which is good for us. Uh, make sure to check out the football roundup on Monday. We don't know if extra t- we don't really know the script with uh, podcast next week uh, past Monday because extra time would normally be coming out on a Thursday and that's Christmas Eve. So mm. we might we might have an episode for you on Christmas Eve as our Boxing Day bumper special. We will cover all ten games because I've just decided that on the spot. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we will we will have a ramble for the Boxing Day fixtures. Don't you worry. Uh, until we see you next time my name is Jack Donnelly this has been the Fantasy Ramble by Energy Sport thank you very much for listening and we will see you next time